You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 15. This is episode 15 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast, and I'm joined again here with Greg. How you doing, Greg? Very good. Good, good. And uh, if you were listening, if you were just listening to episode 14, you'll know that this is a continuation of episode 14, which was saving seeds. So we are going to jump right back into the discussion and uh, enjoy. So when are they ready? Well, I'm going to talk about perennials right now, or sorry, biennials right now, because that's what seems to be happening in my garden. I put a few pictures up on um, on our Maritime Gardening Facebook page, mm-hmm. exa- examples of that this morning. So let's talk about kale. So I had a couple nice kale plants last year. Uh, this is red Russian kale. And so I, I left, uh, left a couple of them in the ground and decided to let them go to seed. And around, you know, April, May, they started growing. They started... You know, it looked like the plant was dead, but then this life started coming up out of the roots and they started growing. Well, they grew and they, they get very high. So uh, there's a picture there of my kale plant. It's probably between three and four feet high. Yeah. And it's got all these bean-like pods sticking out of it. There's mm-hmm. all, all these pods everywhere. It'll grow very fast and very high. And then it'll have all kinds of uh, flowers. I can't remember if they were yellow or white. Um, all kinds of little flowers, like uh, all many, 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 many flowers, hundreds of flowers all over the plant. And then, of course, that's good because that brings the. It's one of the first things that brings pollinators into your garden. You, you'll have, yeah. you know, bees and flies and all kinds of different things wanting to get at those little flowers. And of course, if they're around, they're going to go go to other things in your garden that mm. uh, need pollination. Um, but then you'll see these pods grow. When the pods are young, you can actually eat them and cook them almost like a bean. There's lots really? of recipes online for kale pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on any given plant, it has to be just the right stage of the pod's life. Mm. Uh, there's a point where they're woody and they're not good anymore. So you have to be fairly choosy. But the thing is you've got a lot. You've got a lot of seed pods on that plant, a ridiculous number. Mm-hmm. One plant will give you enough pods to plant like a field of kale. Oh. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I counted this morning with my son. I took one of those pods and broke it open on a piece of loose leaf. And it, it had one pod, which was probably three three inches long. I'd say three inches long. Um, it had 25 seeds in it. Wow. So a pack of seeds t- tends to have 50. Yeah. Right? So maybe 100. So that's that's like two, three pods. Wow. Right? So that's all you're getting. And the plant I've got, if you look at the picture, yeah, like, it looks like a Christmas tree, you know, yeah, it does. <laughs> a lot of pots. Uh, An ugly so. Christmas tree, but <laughs> nonetheless, you're right. It looks like a Christmas tree from another planet. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it does. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. alien and weird looking. Um, so how do you know they're ready? Well, what will happen is the, the plant will grow really big and really tall and really high, and then all those pods will, will, will uh, come up, and the pods will get bigger and fatter and swell up and then they'll start to turn color they'll, they'll go from green to a brown mm. blonde brown color and once they're changing that color and you'll notice because when you snap one off it'll just break open and all mm. the seeds will come out mm-hmm. right the ones that aren't ready when you break it open it's it's wet 
when there's a juice in there and the seeds aren't black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and the, most plants that bear their seeds in pods, uh, I would say this is the, it's the same thing. They got to be sort of, uh, they'll go from being green to being a sort of brownie green, brown yeah. color or blonde. You know, they'll start losing that green color. And that's when there's, and that, that's when the plant's ready to be harvested as a seed source. Mm -hmm. So once that really starts happening, and I mean, the, the pods that happen first, they're going to be ready first. Yeah. And the pods that, you know, are, there's still pods that I still have a couple flowers on some of these. So ideally, you want to wait till all the flowers are gone and you've got a good number of those sort of good, big, fat pods. Um, and then you just cut the thing off at the, at the base. And then take it and get it somewhere out of the rain. It's good to have it out of the light, but not necessarily essential. But get it out of the rain and hang it upside down and leave it like that for a few weeks mm -hmm. so that it can dry out. Yeah. And then once it's, you know, let's say it's dried, this is something you do maybe in the So you do it now and just forget about it till September or something, right? Yeah. Um, check it after a few weeks and see how dry it is and if it's you can tell because if you pick up a snap a pod off it'll rattle seeds mm -hmm. will rattle inside yeah. the pod so once that's the case then you're going to look at that huge pile of pods and you're going to pick the biggest fattest pods mm -hmm. right don't take all of them some of them are you know losers you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. sound like donald trump here <laughs> what winners yeah. <laughs> but it's true believe me you want winners yeah <laughs> <laughs> multi-talented guy <laughs> um they'll be huge huge kale you huge pick the big fat pods yeah. and forget about the other ones and pick a good number of them right yeah um, but you don't need all of them. You don't need 10,000 kale seeds no. unless you're going to supply the province with seeds, yeah. which would be a great thing to do. You'd be a wonderful person for doing that, but I'm not doing it. No. So, you know, pick the best looking, the biggest, fattest pods and put them in a little bowl. And then just, you know, some evening when you're sitting in front of television watching TV, you just sit down and put a, a blanket down or something that you can mm. just break open those pods and break all the seeds out and just put them in a little uh, Ziploc bag or uh, you know a little container and yeah. mark them what they are because you, you're going to you know kale seeds yeah. look like mustard seeds a lot of different kinds of seeds that look wow. very similar um, mark them mark the year and plant them next year huh. right and then you've got really good viable seeds because you know they're only a year old you know, they came from a plant that was successful with your growing conditions. They yeah. came from a successful plant. And then plant them and, and save a lot because, you know, you don't want to have to be judicious when you're when you're sowing your seeds. You want yeah. to just put a lot of them out and you want to just weed out the ones that uh, – and also you can give them to people uh, that, that want them. So that's how you know they're ready. Also, like if it's a plant like a kale um, – It'll start to want to fall down. Mm -hmm. like you, you know, have a huge stalk show up, then a bunch of flowers, and then the flowers will become pods, and then the thing will start like, oh, oh no, I can't right. I'm falling. I'm, I'm old, and yeah. I want to die. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. done, right? It yeah. Doesn't have the strength to, yeah. to survive the wind and the rain. It'll just start to want to fall down. Yeah. So, you know, if you're sort of thinking about it, it's it's a natural progression of things. The seeds need to get in the ground anyway. The plant needs to fall down. Mm -hmm. um, so once that plant looks like it's sort of done and it's falling down anyway, 
and the pods are starting to change color. It's ready. Mm-hmm. You know, so just cut it off and hang it upside down. Um, the same thing with a plant like um, a different sort of plant, a different sort of seed type. Because I was just speaking about kale, but really I was using it as an example for mm-hmm. a plant that bears its seeds in pods. Yeah. Right? Like a bean has a bean has pods, peas have pods, um, but so they all f- sort of follow the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Same with a pea. Like mm-hmm. if, if you've been growing peas, my peas is still producing right now. But if you're in a hot area and your peas were earlier than mine, your peas might be getting done right now. Yeah. So and you know, when your peas are close to being done. Stop picking them and you know leave them, and you know once that uh, pea gets really big and really fat and really woody, and you see it start to change color, just cut those stalks off and hang them somewhere and let them dry out and then get the get the little uh, peas out of the pods and put those aside and you've got peas for next year. Mm. Right? And you don't need like you know a couple dozen peas will make a lot of peas. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to, you, know, you basically skip one one meal of peas, um, and you'll get a ridiculous yeah. number of pea seeds, um, mm-hmm. and uh, then you've got your peas for next year. Or you know, if you were you know, a pioneer, I mean, there's there's different kinds of. We tend to like peas that are uh, juicy and sweet, and we eat them uh, yeah. in the pod. Yeah. You know, like I like sugar snap peas. I don't like. Sure. Um, uh, snow peas so much sugar right. snap peas seem to be uh, easier to deal with from the harvesting point of view in my yeah. opinion yeah. Uh, but you know in the old days before refrigeration um, a pea was a thing it was being grown for the pea not for the pod right they would save all of those peas and dry them so that in the winter you could boil them and make mushy peas or peas porridge or yeah. some <laughs> sort of mush. Um, that would keep you from starving to death. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean, traditionally, that's peas and beans. That's the main reason you grew those things wasn't to have, no. you know, fresh Thai salad. <laughs> <laughs> it was so you did not die in the winter months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that's that's peas. But Interesting. What about a different kind of seed? So, uh, I'll use a parsnip, a parsnip as an example. Um a parsnip has a flower much like a Queen Anne's lace, mm-hmm. uh, sort of. Uh, actually, if you pull a Queen Anne's lace out of the ground and smell the root, it smells very similar to parsnip. Mm. I don't know if you can eat them. Um, I, I wouldn't suggest that. I don't know if they're poisonous. Yeah, get back to us on that. <laughs> if there's no show next week. You, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Bad <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> I'll update the Facebook page. Don't worry. <laughs> Show's over. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they, anyway, Queen Anne's lace root smells like that. So yeah. when a parsnip, again, it's, that's a biennial plant. I I like to save parsnip seeds. I saved mm-hmm. my parsnip seeds last year, and uh, I should put a picture up. I did not do this, but I have my parsnip looks great. It's probably mm-hmm. over two feet high, mm-hmm. um, and the crowns. Some of them are already uh, two inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even bother. I've tried. I've learned this over the years. Uh, parsnip's a beautiful plant to grow, uh, beautiful plant to eat. Um, like if you gave me the choice over parsnip over a carrot, it wouldn't be even competitive. A parsnip, mm. ro- roasted parsnip, is way better than a I carrot. Must, I must try your parsnip sometime. It's so good. We can. My wife, you know, I gorge on them. 
But I have learned that, you know, in September you've got parsnips that are big and they're ready to eat. Resist the urge to pick them mm. because they're still good in September, but once the ground starts freezing and the snow starts coming and the frost starts, that's when they start becoming really good to eat. Mm. Um, that's when they're good. And they're good. And same with the carrot for that matter. Carrots, you know, like you can plant a variety of carrot that's sweet. Like I've got Nantes scarlet in my garden. It's uh, sort of a short fat kind. It's not a long, mm -hmm. narrow kind like an Imperator, but um, they're very sweet. But they're even sweeter. Uh, and carrots are biennial just like parsnips. Um, they're even sweeter in the fall. And that's because in the fall, once the ground starts freezing, that root starts to have to... It needs to change how it's put together. It needs to change its own chemistry to survive the winter. Mm. And it does that by changing um, its composition from one of a starch to one of a sugar. So it starts converting the root, which is the part you eat, yeah. starts becoming much more sugary and less starchy, mm. which makes it taste a lot better. Yeah. Um, and that's how it's somehow, you know, like... The, However, the structure of the cellulose is. I'm, I'm not an expert on this sort of stuff, but mm -hmm. your, your mouth is the ultimate expert, and yeah. trust me. Um, you know, around Thanksgiving, that's when we harvest our first parsnips, and we eat parsnips at least once a week. I'll roast a whole pan of them, yeah. a Sunday dinner type thing, a whole pan. Interesting. They were they were one of my least favorite vegetables when I was a kid. How did your parents prepare them? I have, I'm a, I have no idea. But I hated them too as a kid. A, apparently not as good as you do it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to come for dinner. You cut them up and toss them with some olive oil and a bit of salt and pepper, and it really doesn't need much more than that. You just roast them yeah. um, like you'd roast a potato. You know, you cut yeah. up roast potatoes in the oven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, my, my wife and I just eat. Awesome. Our kids won't even touch them. Our kids won't touch these things, but we'll, we like half a cookie sheet's worth of these things and they're <laughs> sitting. And then I'm sort of at them in the evening when no one's looking. I'll eat more. Uh, I can't stay out of them. They're that good. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, they're really good. Um, anyway, when that thing goes to seed, it has uh, a flower, like a Queen Anne's lace flower, this sort of open round flower, a whole bunch of them. And, and again, that parsnip, when it, parsnips get from... You know, when they're fully mature, the first season, they're a couple feet high. Mm -hmm. But when it comes back the second year, this biennial, that thing goes up almost about six feet high. It's this huge, it's one of the first things that comes up in your garden, and you've got this huge looking thing in your garden. No one knows what it is. Um, and that's a parsnip gone to flower, right? Mm. And so when, when on earth do I um, harvest those? Um, well, it grows a seed that looks like like a celery seed, I guess, mm -hmm. um, a little bit, um, in a floret. But uh, first you have a flower, and then you'll have uh, this. Uh, all these little bulby seeds start growing at the base of each flower. Don't worry if it gets covered in flies and aphids and things like that. Trust me, every year my uh, parsnip flowers get... They get covered in aphids. I don't know why. But then within days of the aphids showing up, there's ants everywhere. And the ants get rid of them somehow. Mm. <laughs> it all seems to just work itself out. Um, some, of the, some of the flowers uh, don't make it, but most the vast majority do. And first time I did this, I was out there spraying with insecticidal soap. And don't worry about 
aphids and things like that, they're all, I don't know why, but the aphids seem to love the flowers. But as soon as they show up, at least in my garden, other things will show up that take them out. For me, it's ants. There's ants everywhere. Mm, there's a lot of ants. Not a this problem. Year. I ne never understand when I go to garden centers and they'll have like pesticides you can use for ants. My gardens are full of ants. They've never been a problem on any one of my plants. Mm. Never. I mean, if, if they're in amongst the strawberries, it's because they're eating stuff that's at your strawberries. Interesting. It must if, be to keep them out of your house because I know it's a bad it, year this year for you ants. Know, house, but. Uh, <laughs> But in the garden, I, I don't like usually you'll see them near plants that are having problems and you'll say it must be those ants. Mm. But usually they're more like a white blood cell. Okay. Um, you know, when your doctor finds a high white blood cell count, it's not because your white blood cells are killing you, it's because they're saving you because yeah. something else is wrong. It's the right. same thing. Usually, at least right. in my experience, ants have never been a problem. They're dealing with the problem. Yeah. So they're like a, you know, uh, United UN Task Force. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Hey, I'm well, out of nowhere when there's a problem. That's good to know. Good to know. So don't worry about the uh, don't worry about the um, that. So those seeds will start to swell up until they're you know about the size of you know uh, what's it? I'm trying to think of a good analogy to the size of a. It's bigger than a celery seed. If, I'm not even sure how many people know what a celery seed even looks like. Oh. Um, about the size, when they're full size, they look like a wheat berry. Does everybody know what a wheat berry looks like? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's that size. That's uh, uh, Okay, let's just say they're, they're about two millimeters wide and three millimeters long. Okay. Um, at least when they're swelled up. Once they dry, they become much more flat. So they'll have they won't have a diameter anymore. They're just like a flat uh, thing. They swell up. They're fat at first, and then as they dry, they get a little flatter. Anyway, it's just like with the the kale; those seeds will start to change color and become go from being green, green, green mm -hmm. to a sort of brownie blonde color. Mm -hmm. Once that starts happening, then when you, that's when you just start thinking, I'm going to have to cut that down and hang it soon. Yeah. And that's where mine are right now. And they're also starting to want to fall down. Like I, mine fell down and I, I propped them back up. Full disclosure, I propped them back up with a stick so I could take the picture this morning. <laughs> They'd be down if it wasn't for that yeah, stick. Yeah. I sort of tied them so you, so you couldn't see. Yeah. But they're actually not up. They're down. You so sneaky. They're, they're falling down. So they're telling me, look, man, get me out of it. I'm done. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. So it's time to cut them off and hang them upside down. And then you just hang them upside down until, you know, Leave them a, uh, about a month or at least a few weeks until they're all really dry. You'll know they're ready because if you if you just you know hit your hand against the uh, the plants that are hanging upside down, seeds will start falling off of them. Mm. Right? So you know, really, you know, when, it, when most seeds they, they scat most plants they scatter their seeds either through animals eating it and mm. it coming out the other end somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. Or from wind and rain, you know, knocking the seeds out of the plant. So when a plant's ready to to lose its seeds, it's when just about any sort of jostling was going to knock the seed out of the plant. Yeah, that's yeah. how you know it's ready to come out. Okay. And it's the same thing. Once that's happening, um, you just take that. It's a bit different. You you wouldn't want to do deal with parsnip, for example, and carrot would be the same thing. Um, because they're they're very similar life cycle and a you know very similar way of going to seed. Uh, you're going to take that whole bush that you've hung upside down and you're going to put uh, a 
tarp or a big piece of an old bed sheet on the on the ground, mm-hmm. um, shake it over the bed sheet. Mm. The seeds will just go everywhere, all over the place, and then just gather it up and pour them in a jar, and then you've got like, you know, a few thousand parsnip seeds for the the following year. Mm. Right. So cool. that's how you that's how you do that. Nice. And we'll talk more as the season progresses about things like beans and peas and tomatoes and so on. But, cool. you know, all of these things, a little trial and trial and error, you can figure it out yourself. But, you know, the whole reason I'm doing this show is so people don't have to figure it out that way. You know, they can yeah. and try it this year. And um, so you put it in a jar and then um, save it for the next year. You know, put it somewhere cool, dry, mark the year and the date, and, and that's all you need to do. Nice. And you know, those are the things we can talk about. Um, like tomatoes and beans and peas and stuff like that, but they're all very similar. I mean, for a, a pea or a bean, you, you leave it on the stalk until it's become big and really woody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually with beans, for me anyway, I, I love eating beans. I love green beans. And same with peas. Um, can't get enough of them. But at some point in the year, I've really eaten so much, I have had enough. <laughs> um, so that's a good point to yeah. stop picking them and just let the plant Go to seed. Yeah. Right. When if you got a bean or a pea that's producing peas, if you want to get as many peas out of it as possible, you want to keep picking those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't put any more energy. In it. If you leave peas on your pea plant, the plant thinks, okay, I'm going to put everything into the peas that are here so they can be good viable seeds from next year. Because right. that plant's an annual. The only it's got one shot at, at perpetuating its existence. Right. Human beings are the only things on earth that opt out of perpetuating their existence. Everything else is trying to, you know, that, that's the whole game is how do yeah. I keep this thing going here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, if there's a pea on that plant, the plant's going to, okay, that one made it, nothing ate it. I'm going to put everything into those seeds so that I've got all the good stuff for next time. Yeah. Um, so if you pick that pea, it says, oh, I better make some more peas. <laughs> yeah. So for a pea, you know, keep picking them if you want them as food. But once you want to save seeds, just leave them alone. Let that plant put all the energy it can into those pods and wait till the pods are big. And you'll be able to tell. It'll start being like, like, like all the other pod plants. The pod will start stop being green and start turning brownie, blonde, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's when you could get it off of there, get it out of the weather, let it dry out. Then you can, you know, leave it a couple weeks somewhere dry and store it. The same with a bean, same thing. Uh, tomatoes a little bit different, uh, or all those plants that sort of have the seeds inside the juicy fruit, mm-hmm. right? because tomato is really a fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the squash, same sort of thing. It's this sort of juicy fruit type thing. So with them, normally when you're picking a, a squash, um, you're picking the squash when it's a bit immature. Uh, certainly summer squash, that's the case. You, you don't pick it when the seeds are fully mature. So if you had a zucchini, which is a summer squash, um, the seeds typically aren't mature when you're going to pick that zucchini to eat. So if you've got a really nice plant, you just let the let that zucchini get, you know, take a couple of zucchini off of it. But if you've got a beautiful plant that seemed to outgrow all the other ones, take a couple of zucchini from that plant and then let the rest of them grow. Hmm. And let them get, they'll get big. They'll get like... Jeez, they might even be two feet long, right? Wow. Huge zucchini, right? Yeah. And let them just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until the plant dies. And then take that plant off and store it somewhere for a week or so and then open it up 
and take the seeds out just like you were taking pumpkin seeds out. Mm. Um, the way I do is I'll put all those seeds on a piece of um, paper towel yeah, and just let them dry out for a few days and then I just roll the paper towel up, put it in a bag and mark it. Um, and then, because sometimes the seeds sort of stick to the paper towel. Yeah. And that's not a big deal. You don't rip them off of that. You just sort of cut cut around it. You stick them in the ground. You just, just plant them with a piece of paper towel stuck to them. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, any squash is like that. Um, if you're winter squash, you don't have to do that right away. You can store your winter squash like like a pumpkin or a acorn squash. Those are all squashes that you can store somewhere for maybe even months if, if you've got mm-hmm. the right storage conditions. Um, so maybe in November or so, you would take that seed out. And same thing, you dry it out and save it. Um, tomato, you take the seeds out and you put them on a, a piece of paper. No, tomato, the seeds are all in this slime. Mm. So you take the seeds out and you just spread them over a piece of loose leaf or something. And yeah. the, the slime will sort of dry into the loose leaf. And, yeah. uh, when you, and they'll, they'll stick right onto it. But when you want to plant them, you just cut them out. Mm. You, know, you don't try to pick them off because you might hurt the seed. You just, just cut it off, the, cut that little piece of paper with the seed and plant that. Um, it'll be fine. Cool. So one other thing I wanted to talk about, and I had a picture of this on Facebook. Just one thing I wanted to end with is the issue of uh, what good soil is. Because I did an experiment in my garden where I planted two zucchini beds at the same time, same zucchini. And they both have mulch, so they're both the way I like to do my gardens. Mm-hmm. One of those gardens is pure horse manure. The other garden is garden so organic garden soil bought from a garden center. Mm-hmm. 40 bucks a yard, okay? So... And I'm not talking topsoil, which is not very good. This is organic gardening soil from the right. garden center. Right. And if you look at the two pictures, you'll tell that the plants growing in horse manure are two, three times the size hmm. of the ones growing in the garden soil. Interesting. Garden soil, 40 bucks a yard. Horse manure costs nothing. Yeah. Um, so an example of, you know, let's say you did some gardening this year and you're going to garden next year. I would suggest to you that, and this is what I do, is you're probably going to, if you're like me, if you're anything like me, you're going to want to have a bit more garden next year. Yeah. Well, build your garden beds in the fall. You know, don't do it in the spring. Um, you, you know, and, and I mean, I'm talking you can do this in, no, in November when there's not a lot left to do, hmm. right? Yeah. In November, there's not a lot of gardening to do other than a few things left to harvest. Yeah. Um, so... It's nice and cool. It's it's a good. It's not raining. It's not freezing. It's the temperature's just right to go outside and do some physical work like that, shoveling and all that sort of stuff. Why would you want to be doing that in the middle of May with the black flies and mm. all that heat and all that sort of stuff? Um, you know, expand your garden. Think about it, doing that part of the gardening when it's the right time to do it. You know, fall's a great time to be outside doing physical work. It's just uh, it's a good time to be outside. So if you if you're thinking it. You enjoyed your gardening this year and you'd like to expand your garden a little bit, build your new garden bed in like November and go to a place where you can get horse manure for next to nothing. Just look on Kijiji. You'll see all kinds of stables trying to get rid of this stuff. Um, hmm. And just go there and fill that thing up. Don't buy soil. Horse manure is soil. Okay? Interesting. Horse manure is soil. Yeah. Uh, 
It's the only manure that has that quality. Most manures are too strong. They're, they're too rich with yeah. uh, uh, things, and, and things can't really – it takes a number of years for them to age yeah. um, and be ready to be, um, you know, good growing mediums. But horse manures, it's, it's not – you know, it doesn't have a ridiculously high counts of, um, you know, your nitrogen and your other uh, – yeah. Uh, minerals. So horse manure, for all the, in all the ways that matter, it is soil. Um, yeah. It just happens to be very cheap soil and very good for growing it. Hmm. Yeah. Might be a bit weedy, but it's um, not, Small not price a to huge pay. problem. You pick those weeds once and then that, that's yeah. done. Cool. All right, awesome. That was part two of Saving Seeds, episode 15. Um, if you want to check the show notes and follow along there, maritimegardening.com slash zero one five and um awesome thanks greg um another good one under the belt and um thanks for listening thank you see you next time try saving seeds you'll you won't regret it yeah and um take a look on our facebook page you can find it just google maritime gardening you'll find it there or go to facebook just search for maritime gardening And uh, again, you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, all the above. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in and spreading the word. So take care. Happy gardening.